listening to Season 3, Episode 3 of Vexen, a Black Beauty and Pop Culture Podcast. If you enjoy what you hear today, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is on MTV VJ, Downtown Julie Brown. Now, let's start the show. Okay, so let's get into this week's episode. So you guys loved the Ananda Lewis um, episode that I did in season one. And I'm I'm going to tell you guys, I'll be completely transparent. I did not like that episode. I love Ananda, but I felt like, I don't know, it was just something about that episode that wasn't speaking to me. And anyone who listens to this, who is a creative, a writer, an artist, or whatever you do, um, you know how it is when you're just not feeling something. And that's how I felt like to this day, I still don't like that episode, but however, it's one of my um, most listened to episodes, most streamed episodes, and I always get good feedback on that episode. A lot of people list it as one of their favorites. So I'm glad you guys liked it because I don't, but anyway, (laughs) thank you for all the nice comments on, you know, about any episode that I do, but yeah, that actually was one of my least favorites. So it's ironic how popular that episode is. Um... So I figured, you know, you guys really like the MTV VJ conversation. I think you guys really love like the women in media. Um, so I wanted to do another episode on a different MTV VJ and that woman is downtown Julie Brown. Now, if you are my age or maybe like, if you probably will remember her if you're like over 35 or 34, um, but any younger than that, you may not know who she is, uh, but she was pre-Ananda, so she was definitely an MTV It Girl just like Ananda, um, but I figured you guys might not remember her, so I thought this would be a fun one to do. So let me just stop running my mouth and let's get into the episode. Julie Doran Brown was born on August 27th, 1963 in Bedfordshire, United. I always have to pronounce those really, really slow, y'all, because it's just so many syllables in UK cities. But anyway, Bedfordshire is in the UK. Um, She was born to Valentine and Doreen Brown. Her father, Valentine, was actually born in Jamaica and he was a part of the Royal Air Force. The couple had three boys and four girls and they constantly moved around because of the Air Force. Um, And they once lived in Singapore and then they settled in Wales. So because there were so many kids in the family, Doreen, who is Julie's mom, liked to dress them all alike. In an interview with Oprah in 2014, Julie said this made her want to stand out from her siblings as much as possible, so she tried her hardest to be an individual. Julie loved to dance and started sneaking out to compete in disco competitions all around the UK. Eventually, Julie won one of these competitions. She got first place in the 1979 UK Disco Dancing Championship, ended up advancing to the World Disco Dancing Championship later that year, and she won that too. In a 2020 interview with Rediscover the 80s, she said, It was a solo competition back then and the beat was fast. I won to Haven't Stopped Dancing Yet by Gonzalez. And yes, the disco videos are on YouTube. That win led to becoming a regular dancer on Top of the Pops, one of UK's longest running live shows. It was the best ever. Everyone who was in the music biz performed on that show from Duran Duran to Adam Ant to Tom Jones to Soft Cell. No one said no to Top of the Pops. So y'all, Top of the Pops was a British music show. 
Um, I guess it was kind of like Soul Train from what I've read, but just not as soulful. Um, but I guess it was like more pop, more dance, more disco. Um, but it ran for a really long time. It went from 1964 to 2006. So that is really long for a music show. After Top of the Pops, Julie moved on to a British children's show called Cracker Jack. And she often traveled to Europe to cover live events there. So she was, I think she was dancing on Cracker Jack, but also doing like interview segments with them. Then after Cracker Jack, she became a presenter on Music Box, which was essentially music video programming very, very much like MTV, pretty much the same thing. And that is what got her interested in VJing. So Julie has a pretty successful career going right now in London, but she was toying with the idea of breaking into the American market. So she gets a phone call from some executives at MTV saying they had seen some of her work and wanted to fly her out for an audition. So Julie had never even seen MTV at this point, but she wasn't about to decline the offer because she was already thinking about coming to America. So when she arrived, they put her on a set and told her to just talk. They didn't give her any pointers. Like they just wanted her to go do her thing. So she did. And then she had a meeting with two of MTV's founders. And this was Tom Freston and Les Garland. And they offered her a job right on the spot. She got hired right then and there, y'all. So she actually was hired to join the lineup of VJs and work in the regular MTV rotation. So if you watched MTV when they had a lot of music um, programming and just other programming, you would see like the same, maybe six or seven people. And like, they would kind of alternate for certain things. Some people had their individual things that they always hosted, but a lot of times it would switch around. So in 1986, Julie decided to leave London for New York and start her new job. So there was a little bit of controversy when she started at MTV. So the main VJs in rotation at the time were Nina Blackwood, um, Mark Goodwin, Alan Hunter, JJ Jackson, and Martha Quinn. Julie was hired to be the sixth VJ, but later on, JJ and Nina's contracts weren't renewed. So it kind of seemed like she was supposed to, she was brought in to be their replacement, but that wasn't the case. It just was bad timing. So there was probably a little bit of awkwardness there, but not for long, it seems, because Julie said that all the VJs and the rest of MTV's employees at the time got along really, really well. So about life at MTV. Much like Julie's initial audition, a lot of things at MTV were just done on the fly at this point. They didn't do a lot of rehearsing, practicing, and they didn't really brief with the celebrities before, which is, if you watch MTV, you're probably not surprised to hear that because there were a lot of times where celebrities were kind of taken aback by some of the questions they were asked. You could tell like they hadn't prepped for that. Um, so that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Julie says in the Rediscover the 80s interview, we didn't do retakes. What happened, happened. And I just want to be clear though, there was always a method to the madness. You be as cool and natural as you want to be, but you have to do your homework. So the VJs were well rehearsed on who they were speaking to, but they just didn't practice before the interview actually went down, if that makes sense. Two months after Julie started, MTV decided to alternate VJ segments from the studio and to the streets. Um, and by to the streets, they mean like on location. So eventually the VJs were doing segments at nightclubs all over New York City. They did it at Palladium, the Tunnel, you name it. 
Um, and both of those clubs, Palladium and the Tunnel, we'll be talking about them in a future episode. I just want to let you guys know that is coming. Um, but yeah, so the MTV VJ started branching out of the studio. They started going to nightclubs and doing segments. And because that was so successful, MTV was like, hey, why don't we like come up with a show that's um, based around that? So that is how the show Club MTV was born. Club MTV premiered in 1987. There's some clips of it on YouTube if you guys want to see it. It's also very similar to Soul Train, except it had videos and um, it came on every single day. It would cut back and forth from the video to people dancing or if the artist was there, um, it would cut back and forth from the video to them performing live. And then it will also have like a couple interview segments as well. So this one was shot exclusively at the Palladium um, and it was originally supposed to be hosted by uh kevin seal i think he actually did the pilot but then they decided that julie was the one who should host it so at the time julie actually had a catchphrase it was wubba 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 go on youtube to hear her say it properly i can't say it like her but um when she was interviewed for the i want my mtv the uncensored story of the music video revolution book in 2012 she said that the phrase was actually a mistake so it came from like one time she was supposed to be reading from the cue cards but she accidentally read what was printed on one of the guys in the crew's shirt instead of what he was holding up on the cue cards and that was what his shirt said and then she said it on air and then that kind of just became her thing people thought it was funny so she said it all the time so julie became super super popular once the show started definitely one of the most popular and most known mtv vjs and that was due to the phrase as well as her fashion sense i mean her style was very 80s very fun um reminds me of her personality she wore a lot of like leather a lot of shiny stuff a lot of colors literally think about like the perfect 80s wardrobe and that's what she always had on um in the rediscover the 80s interview she said mtv was revolutionary at the time because not only could you see the artists in conceptual music videos but they had to have a unique look or image to be able to sell a lot of cds I believe i was hired because i had a unique image and personality too but then i introduced funky fashion and a british accent into the equation which sealed my fate so julie really really got to live her dream out you know she's in america she's talking about music she's dancing she's doing everything she loves but then she also gets to date her childhood crush so it was just she was living her life okay well not really her childhood crush but you know she was a teenager but you know what i mean she had a crush on this person as a teenager so when she was growing up julie went to a lot of punk rock shows and she would see billy idol around but she never got formally introduced to him she did an interview with him on Club MTV and it just flowed naturally. They had a good conversation. So they continued to talk after the camera stopped rolling. Julie said that she asked him what he likes to do. And he said, you. <laughs> and that was it. That was her and Billy Idol. Like, so, I mean, I guess she technically didn't date him. But, you know, if you got to like me, if I get to do that with Drake or somebody, like, I'm going to be pressed. Like, that's my life coming full circle. So I understand. <laughs> So anyway, in 1989, Club MTV went on tour with Paula Abdul, Millie Vanilli, Tone Locke, Information Society, and rock band Was Not Was, I, who I had to look up. I had never heard of that band, but they were there too. Julie had this to say about the tour. 
Paula Abdul, Millie Vanilli, Tone Lock, Information Society, Was Not Was, and the Club MTV Dancers. Talk about sleep deprived. I don't know how long it lasted and I don't know where I went. I just know we packed 20 to 60,000 seat stadiums and the show started. It was on. But, however, the tour had quite a few issues, y'all. It did not go off without a hitch. Um, First, singer Kathy Dennis was booked to be on that very first tour run with all the people I named, but she quit after three days when she alleged that one of the members of Millie Vanilli repeatedly sexually harassed her. I don't think it came out which one it was. I couldn't find out, but they were the headliners, so I'm sure that's why she decided it was best for her to leave. Also, I'm sure you guys know the story behind Millie Vanilli, but if you don't, they basically were posers, right? So they were a singing group. They were super popular. They're, they were a duo, um, and they lip synced their whole career. And the Club MTV tour actually exposed them for this when their track skipped during a performance. MTV reps tried to clean it up by saying, um, oh, they lip synced because of the dance routines they were doing. But I don't think anyone believed that. And then later, the big expose came when um, it was found out that the vocals on their album were recorded by other singers. So basically, they had ghost writers and ghost singers. It was like the craziest thing. But MTV got a little backlash for this because people assumed that they knew Millie Vanilli was lip singing the whole time, but they didn't. It's just that came out and like they found out when everyone else found out. But I think people kind of let that slide and then they had their big expose. Um, but yeah, MTV got a little heat for that. So this kind of set the tone for the rest of the club MTV tours. The tours went on for a while after this, but they started to get less and less traction around about 1991. I actually read a review from that year in the Baltimore Sun, and they talked about how the venue was more than half empty when it came to Baltimore. Here's an excerpt from that article. Dance music, hip hop, house, and their variants may have taken over the top 40 and seems to control a sizable chunk of the cassette and CD market but the music has a long way to go if it ever hopes to dominate the concert business the way rock and roll currently does I just thought that was funny so I wanted to share it with y'all because like every time you read an old review from like when a new um like genre of music is coming out or a new artist is coming out and then you think about where that artist or where that genre is now it's like girl you didn't know what you was talking about like okay girl I guess <laughs> in the early 90s MTV started to move away from music programming as we all know um, and then they started to add more of a variety of shows, like not technically reality shows, but just more like segmented, um, very targeted type of TV. And I think before it was like all day music programming, but they still had some music programming, but just not as much as before. So when they started to do that and go in this direction, they ended up canceling Club MTV in April 1992. At that specific time, that was the only MTV show that Julie was appearing on. So she wasn't on every day anymore, but she technically did not leave the network. She could have stayed on and hopped on another show, but she didn't want to do VJ shifts every day anymore. I think that was becoming a little too strenuous to her and she wanted to branch out with her career a little more. So she still hosted specials on MTV every now and then. Kind of like Ananda Lewis did, if you all listen to that episode, like after um, Ananda moved on, she would come back for certain specials. Uh, Julie did the same thing up until about 1995. Here's a condensed quote of what Julie said about the new MTV programming, also to the Baltimore Sun the year it was canceled. MTV took the show off the air without any reason. 
Dance is bigger than ever. The reason they took it off was because a new circle of higher ups came in. They wanted to have their day in the sun and wanted to make it look like they were making a change. I think they got it all wrong. Maybe they killed Club MTV, but they didn't kill me. And she was not lying. <laughs> but um, when Julie first parted ways with MTV, she started working for ESPN. She was doing like these on and off field interviews with football players, but it didn't last very long because. The football players didn't really like how personal she would get. Like, it's hard to describe, but if you go and watch one of Julie's interviews, you'll see she's really, really bubbly and she does ask a lot of questions. You know, just trying to get good info for the interview. Um, the writer of the Baltimore Sun article asked her about this and she said, I got into the business because of my personality. People can strip your confidence away, but they can't strip who you are away. So I think the football players from, I, I mean, I don't really watch sports, but when I do, I feel like sports players are always so serious sometimes. Like sometimes they be cracking a few jokes. Like we got a couple funny ones who have become memes, but I don't know. I just feel like the, her personality would be off-putting to them. And that's kind of why it didn't last long. But anyway, after ESPN, Julie started doing some work on Inside Edition, um, and then she became the host of American Dance Tracks in 1992. So she got a steady gig like right after, just a couple months after, you know, leaving MTV or after the show ended on MTV. Now, this show, American Dance Tracks, this show was a countdown music show, kind of like 106 and Park, very similar, but with dance music only. And the show did not last long, even though it was a steady gig for Julie. I think it only lasted a year. It ended in December 1993. In 1996, Julie got a job offer in LA to work on E-Television's The Gossip Show for two years. So she wanted to try out living in LA. So she packed her bags and she left New York, just like how she left London to come to New York. She was like, you know, if I'm not doing anything or if it's not serving me, I'm just going to go. So it was very easy for her to decide to go to LA. I feel like Julie is just more now about this new show, The Gossip Show. So in my opinion, I just feel like Julie is just more of a music girl. She's a fun girl. She wants to dance. She wants to have a good time. She's not really a Wendy Williams, if y'all know what I mean. So about this gig, she said, I did that for the year that I was here, but I had a two-year contract and it wasn't really my groove. I like to hype things up more than bring things down. The gossip show was, even though I wasn't the one who actually was saying bad stuff about people, it was a magazine show where editors did things sort of like Star and those kinds of magazines. They had their say about celebrities and I wasn't really enjoying that too much. I didn't want to walk in the room and have a beer thrown at my head, even though I do hear it's good for your hair. So... This gig was just not working for her. So basically the gossip show was legitimately like the TMZ show where like they kind of all sit around like they say like these little tidbits about celebrities. And even though that wasn't her job on it, I think she just didn't want to be represented in that light. And I mean, when she's talking about, you know, walking in the room and having a beer thrown at your head or somebody trying to fight you, like that's kind of what Wendy Williams was going through. I mean, I think we've all seen the documentary and the movie by now and like... Yeah, that's just the kind of gig that you have to watch your back when you're doing stuff like that. So 
Even though this gig did not last very long, Julie decided she liked LA, so she wanted to stay. After this, Julie starts to kind of move away from the VJ thing. She gets in her acting bag, her modeling bag. She was on the August 1998 cover of Playboy. She appeared in Babs, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. That's my grandma's favorite show. <laughs> um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, the Sharknado movie, the Eric Andre show, which I love, RuPaul's Drag University, and many other shows and films. In 2000, Julie met film producer Martin Schuerman, and the two married the very next year. They have one daughter together, Gianna, and they are still together today. They live in Marina Del Rey now, um, and they actually went on the show Celebrity Wife Swap in 2013. They swapped with Lisa Leslie and her family. Like, I've never seen this episode, but now I want to watch it. Well, today, Julie's still a VJ and DJ. She hosts two shows on Sirius XM. Um, one is called 90s on 9, and the other one is the Back in the Day Replay Countdown. So they're both like nostalgic-themed shows focusing on the 90s, of course. Um, and she has another show called A Year in Music that chooses one year every episode, and it breaks down the biggest songs and albums from that year. I've always liked that concept for shows and podcasts because it reminds me a lot of I Love the 90s. Do y'all remember that show that used to come on VH1? I Love the 90s. I Love the 80s. Like, I loved that show. So I really like when people do that concept. So I'm gonna check that show out. Oh, that is downtown Julie Brown. What did you guys think? I know how much you guys liked the Ananda Lewis episode. So I wanted to make sure I did another media girl, another black media maven. Let me know who else you guys want me to do an episode on. Uh, which other black women in media can we cover? I know this episode is a little, little bit short, but I wanted to give you guys a shorter episode and easier listen this week because I have a two-part episode coming up very, very soon that is going to be long. Like both parts of it are going to be extremely long. So I figured I'd give y'all a little bit of a break so that we can, you know, get into some longer topics and discussions later. But thank you guys so much for listening and I will be back next week with an all new episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Vixen. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to leave a review. If you have a submission, feel free to email vixenpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode.